Are you just watching? Initial reactions for Star Trek. Wow. I'm Daniel Lewis. I'm Eve Franklin. And guest starring in the studio, at least, with us is a friend of ours who at this moment has no identity of decision yet, <laughs> but is here. We have a live studio audience. Yay! The first time ever. Yes. So, Eve. What'd you think of Star Trek? Oh, it was fabulous. Awesome. I mean, wow. Yes. <laughs> I loved it, too. Just an awesome movie. I'm looking forward to when it comes out on DVD and we can really dig into it. Oh, yes, because I'm sure there's... the details. Once, I mean, once I get over the initial impact of it and actually study, I'm sure I'll find something interesting to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, we didn't actually decide this yet, but are we going to give any spoilers in this episode? I think we should hold them to a minimum. Yeah. Um, if we do. So we will try very hard not to give a spoiler. If we give a spoiler, or if we're about to give one, we'll just like, I'll go beep beep, spoiler alert, <laughs> and then we can continue on, and then I'll let people know when the spoiler is over. Right. Or yes. how long it lasts. And, and believe me, folks, you have to go see this movie if you haven't seen it, because it's worth it. The, the, the uh, theater experience is worth it for this movie. It is, especially if you can see it in a digital theater, like mm -hmm. we got to see it in mm -hmm. stadium seating. Really cool. Nobody with a big hat in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Or tentacles. Or tentacles. <laughs> now, I mean, just straight from the start, the we're awed at the, the drama of the movie mm -hmm. and just the incredible power communicated right at the beginning. And at first, I thought, we were seeing James Kirk mm -hmm. and I'd heard something about this spoiler alert beep, beep. <laughs> alternate reality. <laughs> Please don't spew Mountain Dew all over the equipment. <laughs> okay. Spoiler gone. Beep, beep. And I was wondering, is this James Kirk that we're looking at? Because this didn't seem like James Kirk. But yet they were calling him Mr. Kirk. Yes. And he was not captain, which caught my attention. But he was promoted to captain right. when the captain left. Right. And I thought, wait, whoa, hold on. This, yeah, this guy, this is a self-sacrificing guy whose concern was over his wife. Whoa. Like, you know, one woman. Yeah. And I was thinking, how do we get from, <laughs> I'm going to sacrifice myself for my wife and son that's about to be born in just minutes to... The Kirk that we all know from the TV series. And obviously we, beep, beep, spoiler, <laughs> we find out that that's his father. Father, right. Beep, beep, close spoiler. <laughs> I don't, this is going to be really hard to talk about this movie without giving spoilers. <laughs> Each spoiler will be maintained to fewer than 10 seconds. <laughs> I'll try to keep that. <laughs> now, I made just a few notes while we were watching the movie. And this is by no means a full critique of the movie or... Extensive list yeah. of critical thinking, because we would have to see it at least four more times, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. And by the time it comes out on DVD, this is why we typically wait until something comes out on DVD, is because when it's out on DVD, chances are most people have seen it by so now. So we don't have to then. worry about spoiling it for yes. people. Yeah. And so... I made a, just a couple notes in this. I noticed that, obviously, we see that James T. Kirk was this daring child straight from the very beginning of it. And in some sense, I think it's because he had no 
actual father in his life. Mm-hmm. Which is different. That's a, a really a spoiler because... Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> because in the actual Star Trek inter- universe, he did have a father. So Yes. And that is... I won't spoil anything else in that, well, in that line. <laughs> now, you know, one thing I did notice uh, that I caught in the beginning is James is racing his car and they're just recklessly driving some And anyone who's seen the preview, car. this is not a spoiler because yeah. you saw it in the preview. Yeah. yeah, so he's pulled over and this police officer person gets out and is going to arrest him. And he says, while they're driving, he says, citizen, pull over, citizen. He refers to him as citizen. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought of with that is, whoa, that's kind of a little communist there because... Mm-hmm. Wasn't it like the communists that we would refer to everyone else as comrade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, that's just kind of interesting. And yeah, also typical of many futuristic movies that we see where they kind of have some generic, non-emotional term for mm-hmm. each person. For each person, right. Yeah. Whereas today it's, you know, sir, ma'am, miss, whatever. Yeah. Maybe that's a product of just, you know, trying to figure out a, a terminology that somebody... Cause, the officer in this case did look kind of like a robot. Yeah. So it would have been, you know, as you think of a, of a slave species or or a um, someone who has a different rank to people. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that was just their programming to refer to everybody the same way to keep it, you know. Speaking of programming, we see a scene of Spock being trained. And in this, I'm not sure if you caught it, but there was all of this stuff going around and all these kids mm-hmm. were repeating these mathematical equations and different logic right. uh, equations and such. And a little statement stood out to me. I was listening very closely because I expected that they might have something in there. And we don't know the context of this statement, but it was, it said, it's morally praiseworthy, but not morally obligatory. Did you catch that? Mm-mm, I did not. It was a good catch. What what do you what do you think they meant by that? They're training Spock, who's based on logic. Well, the Vulcans are based on logic, not emotion. I think that might actually be a line that we'll hear again later that will become perhaps immortal words similar to the needs of the many outweigh the needs mm. of the few. Yeah. We might hear it's morally praiseworthy, but not morally obligatory. Almost makes it sound like, and I know I'm going out on a limb here and probably reading more into this, but I'm just theorizing. So this is just my opinion. It almost sounds like that may be right and you may be praised for doing something that's right, but you're not obligated to do that thing that is right. Or that doing something right for the praiseworthiness of it is not necessarily the right that you would do because it's obligated could be too. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think mean, you it's could turn it either we'll way. It's like it, it 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 to me it's like they're giving you a choice. You can either do the praiseworthy thing or the thing that's required. But mm. that doesn't necessarily that they're almost like it's two moral values there. You can do something that's morally praiseworthy or morally ob- ob- obligatory. Or am I remembering the the quote right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're. And relating to you know, at the time of this recording, we've already recorded episodes four and five. Mm-hmm. But at the time of this recording, I have not published episodes four and five. Right. So I don't know if I'm going to refer back to something you talked about or forward to something to, that you will 
talk about. Yeah, that kind of gets confusing. Yeah. It's got a, a whole um, time continuum here. Yeah. Uh, it's because my pocket black hole Yeah, fits in the uh, pocket. You know. We better be careful about the singularity on the planet, though. We might create a black hole. <laughs> but in an episode that we do about serenity, which either has released or will release, you spend some time talking about the whimsicalness of some of the characters just being pushed back and forth according to whatever they believe is right. And something stood out to me in this is someone was saying to Kirk as a young man, they said, you're fully capable of choosing your destiny. Which path will you take? Mm, Yeah. And at that point, Kirk had just been going back and forth, and yet he's shown these high intelligence ratings. Yeah, kind of drifting aimlessly because he had no father figure to give him direction. Yeah. And so here he finally makes a choice and takes a direction. So would you say then, you know, in our conversation about Serenity and Firefly, you pointed out that the captain was very, very whimsical, just went with the wind. Mm -hmm. Would you say that Kirk is the same way or driven with some semblance of a purpose? I don't know that he has a purpose. I'm not sure it's the same directionlessness as Malcolm Reynolds had. Um, I think his purpose, purposelessness is, is less intentional. I think it's just more of a, re- a general rebellion, which can be in, a, in, in some ways a purpose. It's like just to, to um, escape from everything in, a, in an attempt to put it in everybody's faces. You know, hey, mm-hmm. I'm here. Uh, I don't like who I am. I don't like where I am. You know get real i'm here deal with me that kind of situation so i don't know i i think i think his purpose is rebellion at that stage in his life and we see that i mean it's a good it's a good um compliment component <laughs> well, condiment it, con- <laughs> i'm trying to figure out what word you were starting to say i there. don't know that i was saying anything but it's it's a good comment on what happens to families when they are torn apart and don't have the the correct social structure inside yeah. the family. So and we see it a lot in our culture today of of young people losing direction because they don't have a proper father figure or or numerous other reasons because of split families or Yeah, and admittedly that's sometimes by choice of the parents, mm-hmm. sometimes it's not by choice when a spouse dies. I had to laugh that the opening scenes and sections of this show movie take place in Iowa and mm-hmm. yet we see these big skyscraping I buildings I love the way they did that because they're always off like in the yeah, mist just barely just see barely them. seeable yeah in Iowa Iowa yeah Iowa <laughs> what comes out of Iowa okay I just offended do we have any listeners in Iowa I guess we'll find out because if yes. we offended them, I'm sure they're going to comment. Yeah, please let me know. You can email me <laughs> or email us at areyoujustwatching.com and let us know if you Here. live in Iowa. If anyone lives and in Iowa. Can, and then you can comment and tell us what farther. comes out of Iowa. Yes. Besides James Kirk. Yeah. Also, I have to mention here, if people have seen Cloverfield... And I'm not going to give anything away here, but J.J. Abrams produced Cloverfield and he produced Star Trek. If you have seen Cloverfield, which neither of you in here have seen yet, you 
might not want to see since you mentioned the camera movement might make you sick. Listen very closely in the bar scene and you'll hear a little hint of something from Cloverfield. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Do you want the spoiler? I don't need it. Oh, okay. <laughs> then our audience is just going to drive themselves mad with curiosity. Well, the audience that's seen Cloverfield will. Yeah, true. Which that would be a great movie to review anyway. It's communicated to Kirk that he was meant for something better. And obviously in this sense, it's just meant, you know, more than just being this rowdy kid. Rebellious kid, yeah. Yeah, going for something nicer, going into the academy and pushing for leadership and all of that. Nothing wrong with that. No, no. But I guess in in a way it's saying that he he has the potential to have a greater destiny than any other person would have. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't believe that everybody is completely the same and has the same track in life. But I do believe we can do what we put our minds to. Mm-hmm. So if God blesses that, I should say. I do. I did have to laugh at the little mention of Admiral Archer from Star Trek Enterprise, who was played by the guy that was in Quantum Leap. I can't quite remember his name. Oh, well, his, my mind went blank there. But uh, it's mentioned his dog, which was a beagle in Star Trek Enterprise. Mm. And that's mentioned in this Star Trek. I thought, oh, that's cool little I'm going mention to, there. I'm going to make everybody mad at me and say that I could not watch Star Trek Enterprise. It, I just couldn't watch it. I watched the first two episodes and, and then completely lost interest in it. Yeah, Captain Archer's acting was a little bit disjointed (laughs) and sometimes it seemed like he wasn't quite (laughs) certain what would come up next on his lines and you could never tell when his sentences were finished because he kept talking At least he didn't say, um, between every one of those things. That's true. Which would drive me nuts. And I know people who do that, and they drive me nuts. So I've got a lot of nuts lying around and (laughs) make them into peanut butter and fun stuff. Did you notice what they said about the Romulans and the Vulcans? Yeah, that they had a common ancestor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I think was revealed originally. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always been, you know, there in the back of Star Trek that they they were... that they were relatives. Mm-hmm. So. so it's it's obviously an evolutionary basis of that there uh, was this common ancestor that split, but they don't really push evolution. In I don't Star even Trek. think it's even an evolutionary thing because they have, if I remember right, the the history was is that there were there were the Romulans were actually a fraction of Vulcans that left Vulcan because they did not agree with the whole logical thing. And so, if I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong because I am not the Trekkie that some people are. Um, so our listeners can correct me if okay. I'm wrong. But I am pretty sure that the Romulans were a, an offshoot of the Vulcan species that just left because they couldn't handle the whole. They, they were like the, violence, the violent part mm. of the group that was not willing to do the whole logic thing. And so they left to create uh-huh. their own. Um, I was thinking that there was something communicated along the way in this series that they evolved separately. Mm, I don't. They, recall they have different that. ears and they have different eyebrows. Well, they don't have eyebrows. They have just. 
They kind of look like tattoos uh, in this movie. <laughs> yeah, they completely changed the way the Romulans look yeah. in this. Yeah, I which, didn't even realize uh, they were supposed to be Romulans until they started referring to yeah. them as that. So Yeah, I, I thought that was a little bit odd. And one last thing that I caught in it was something that Spock's, or Siler's, father said <laughs> to him is, and by the way, the reason I said that is in case people don't know, Spock is played by Zachary Quinto, who also does Siler in Heroes. Or did, or does. We don't know yet what his continuing role will be in Heroes, if any. But he said, yes, I love Heroes. He said, put aside logic and do what you feel is right. Which in itself is quite a contradictory thing to say to a half Vulcan because half Vulcans aren't supposed to feel things. But well, they can feel things. Yeah. They're just supposed to control what they right. feel. Yeah. Right. Sorry, my bad there. But do what you feel is right. Now, I think it's funny that that statement in itself is contradictory because what is right is logical mm-hmm. and what is logical is right now i'm saying true logic, logic. sometimes yeah. we can have something that's logical but it's based on a false premise mm-hmm. and so while it may seem totally logical we can come to a wrong conclusion because we had a wrong starting point in the beginning mm-hmm. there are lots of examples out there and we could go on a whole rabbit trail bunny trail mm-hmm. a hair trail <laughs> to follow all of that so on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give Star Trek? Oh, it's definitely a 10. Yeah. I loved it too. Yes. 10, 9 or 10. Yes. And we won't rate it on our normal scale until we've had a chance to actually um, work through it from a critical thinking perspective. Yeah. So I loved the soundtrack mm-hmm. um, by Michael Giacchino, who mm-hmm. now seems to be a friend of J.J. J. Abrams because G- Giacchino has done uh, Lost as well. Mm-hmm. Which just, by the way, ended with an incredible season finale. And sorry, you don't watch that show either. Do sorry. You, do you watch that? I used to, but not recently. Okay, you used to. You gotta catch up. <laughs> Forgive them for season three. Was that where you stopped watching? Yep. Yeah, so after you get past season three, then it really picks up again. It's incredible. So... This is just our initial reactions. Again, we will someday in the future. Uh, probably in half a year to a year, depending on when it comes out on DVD. Yeah. So it'll probably come out before Christmas would be my guess. Yeah. So we've got, of course, many of other sh- films to review before then. And if you have some suggestions for something that we should review, you can email us at areyoujustwatching.com. And do stay tuned because we will be putting our Serenity uh, episodes in the podcast feed very soon. Yeah. Either and it's already been posted or it will be posted depending <laughs> on how the whole time warp things Yeah, go. we're kind of going back in time on this episode. So. And if you want to leave a comment on this website, you can do that at areyoujustwatching.com. I'm not sure what the exact URL will be for this uh, episode, but you'll see it on the website if you go there or search for it if you're listening to this years from now you realize people could be listening to this years from now it'd be kind of strange for them to hear us talking greetings to you in the future (laughs) how's it going (laughs) and if you want to call us and leave some feedback you can call 859-353-4332 
So until then, well, why do I say until then? I don't know why people say until then, because they always remain. I will always remain. Daniel Lewis. Andy Franklin. Thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djosephdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space, which you can find at AnswersVBS.com.